I decided to worship the sun. everyone welcome to exploit it i'm alexis trowski i'm kevin daly and this week we're talking about left behind directed by um uh god i forgot his name vic armstrong harrison ford stunt double by the way hello hi mom chloe welcome home so is everything set for dad's surprise party uh, he got called into work can I buy you a coffee? I'm waiting for someone. Uh, My dad. Hi, sweetheart. Hey. Welcome aboard PanCon Flight 257 to London. By time today will be six hours and 30 minutes. I love you. People from all over this plane have simply vanished. Chris, let me in! Chris! Answers and believe me, so do I, and I'll do my best to get them. I heard some doctors talking. It's not just here, it's all over the world. One of these days, the sky's gonna break. Chloe, are you okay? Yeah, but Mom and Raimi, they're both gone. One of these days, the mountains gonna fall into. <sighs> Irene knew this was coming. The way it happened. How could she know that? He took them to protect them from the darkest time in the history of this world. The God my mother talked about would never do something like this. We all have a right to know if we're gonna die. We're gonna die. No spoilers, no flaps, no elevators, and if I run this thing dry, no reverse thrust. I need some room. I just really need you to know how much I love you, no matter what happens. Dad? Looks like the end of the world. One of these days the sky's gonna break and everything will escape and I'll know Not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, the guy did stunt work. He was Harrison Ford's stunt double. But what he really wanted to do was direct, apparently. <laughs> well, he didn't do a whole lot. So, Left Behind, the 2014 version with Nick Cage. Thankfully, we watched this instead of the Kirk Cameron one. Yeah, I'm not sure we, even we could stomach that one. Which, incidentally, I found out that of all the Razzies that this movie was nominated for, it lost out in every category to Saving Christmas with Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> so it's based off of that um, that series of books by uh, Tim LaHaye and Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Jenkins. Jerry Jenkins. Who runs into the apocalypse screaming Leroy Jenkins, though. That's what all this in the movie feels like. Okay, the books came out, and I read the first one way, way back in the early aughts. They actually came out a long time before that, but for some reason, they became really popular in, yeah, the early 2000s. Because I had all my, like, 
Christian friends that were talking about them at the time. Well, you know, um, well, those evangelicals, the internet's evil, so word of mouth is snail mail for them. That's true. Nowadays. Yeah, nowadays. <laughs> nowadays it's super easy, but back then. I mean, well, hell, my grandma gave me the book. Yeah. On cassette tape. Nice. Early 2000s cassette. Yeah. And this movie is not a very good adaptation of those books, by the way. Yeah, that's my understanding. Because in the books, like, yeah, the rapture happens. There's this dude on a plane, and he he just lands the plane, and then they go about talking the Bible forever. Um, the Antichrist happens to pop up on the scene. You know, there's a lot of things that happen. This movie, there's a plane. Yeah, it's like they, I guess they... Seems like they took the first chunk of the book and extended it out into a feature film and left the uh, the rest of it on the cutting floor. So we start with, like, lifetime movie-level opening. It's like this really soft music and random establishing shots of some small town in upstate New York. Very, too much, too happy of music for uh, apocalyptic film. And Though... It- I, I, you've mentioned Lifetime movies. My wife was uh, glancing at it while I was watching it. She wasn't like watching the whole thing. I had my computer, my headphones on, but she keeps looking over and goes, "This looks just like a, a life, like a Hallmark movie." It does, like those bad Christmas Hallmark movies. It has the same soundtrack. Yeah, basically. I'm using a different soundtrack for this episode, by the way. Well, that's probably for the best. I'm using the Vandals. That's uh, Vandals are good. I like the Vandals. Well, they have a song called The People That Are Going to Hell. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's fitting. But we get our first glimpse of Leah Thompson as mom. I forgot the character's name, but... I did, I'm i sure she has a name. I'm not sure it's ever actually said in the movie. Apparently it's Irene. Uh, maybe that's mentioned. That sort of sounds familiar. And she finds out that her husband, Rayford Steele... <laughs> Captain Steele... Yeah, at first I thought Ray Steele. I'm like, oh, poor name. Then I found out his full name's Rayford, and I'm like, that's not even a name. Uh, still, Ray Steele does sound. Ray Steele does sound like a porn star name, though. It does sound like a porn star name. But oh, you know, he got called in to work, and he can't make it there for when his daughter is visiting from college. And you know, oh, so sad. Yeah, she hasn't visited in a while because turns out her mom is a nut job. Yeah, and we'll get more into that. There's well, there's, out, a, there's entire out, scenes a dedicated. A nut job outside of the context of the movie. I should point this out. <laughs> she's a nut job that we, we learn about. The, the, the time we see her here, she's just like, oh, you have to work? Oh, that's, uh, that sucks. Bye. Yeah, right. Um, We get, like, airport montage with the fucking Hallmark music. And some Christian lady picks up a book called Acts of God, and she, like, smiles as she holds it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's our protagonist. I hope not, but it probably will be. Because <laughs> she's like, yay, God! And it just so happens that the, the author of that book is at the airport. Cameron Buck Williams, played by CW's favorite, Chad Michael Murray. Yep. Looks like a budget Channing Tatum. Yep. And her lead looks like a budget Christian Bell. And it's really it bugged me the entire movie. Yeah, our budget Christian Bell. Cassie Thompson is the actress. She plays Chloe Steele. I I should be fair that I actually liked her performance. And this is one of the moments where the the movie I feel like is a really good argument against Christianity. Yeah, I yeah. But, yes. Because the Christian lady comes up, she's like, oh, do you read the Bible? These disasters and the apocalypse. 
And Buck Williams is Cameron is like, uh, no, fuck God, he he murdered all these people. Yeah, yeah. Buck is a uh, is a uh, investigative journalist. Yes. So he goes to these places and documents all of these disasters, and he's disasters. like, he's like, woman, I've seen like people massacred by hurricanes, you know. I don't, that's why I don't believe in God. And she tries a little more, but then uh, Chloe Steele steps in and she's like, lady, look, God is – if he exists, he's a sociopath. What is it? Uh, this is a George Carlin bit where he essentially says, best case, God just doesn't give a shit. In between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. <laughs> And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, so, if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, that, that's the case they make here. And the Christian lady's like, harumph, and leaves. Well, no, she tries to make this thing about, um, well, we live in a fallen world, original sin, where Chloe just snaps. She's like, oh, fuck you with this Adam and Eve. You know, I'm. why, why do we all have to die because somebody ate an apple 800,000 years ago? Right. Fuck off, lady. <laughs> and now we're back to Santa Sangre with the, uh, original sin stuff holy blood and nick cage is apparently uh rayford steel banging a stewardess well trying to bang a stewardess planning to yes you know you see the scene of him pulling up to the airport he takes off his wedding ring puts it in the console of the car and then he's flirting and laughing with this woman what was her name harriet or something hattie yeah hattie yeah and they're just laughing and everything. Meanwhile, Chloe's just waiting at the airport for her dad just because, to say hi. Right, because he, you know, he's a pilot and she knows she's he's coming, so he's just gonna gonna hang out the only entrance, <laughs> wait for him to show up. And that's when Cameron starts trying to hit on her. Yeah, because why not? He's like wanting to buy her a cup of coffee, and she's like, "I'm waiting for a man." <laughs> It's my dad. And then he, you know, she sees him coming up the escalator with Hattie, and they're laughing. And it's important here because there's one thing that happens later that really pissed me off is she says goodbye to him. Okay, she says goodbye. It was nice meeting you. Have have a nice life, basically. Yeah. And so she goes to talk with her dad. And I'll, I'll follow back up to that and why it made me mad. Okay. So I have a note that uh, Nick Cage looks awkward. <laughs> yes, in this scene he does look very awkward. And they have this long conversation about Mom. Yeah, we're real that Mom has got off the deep end. No, no mention why she suddenly became like a crazy born again Christian, but yeah, and literally Chloe's like, "I don't blame you if you're cheating." Yeah, <laughs> because what she says, "Yeah, like Mom's fucking nuts." She met this pastor, and she's crazy, so we are given the expectation that she's the mom from Carrie. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, they go on forever, this whole scene, and it's just about mom has lost her shit. Mom is insane. And it's not the first time we get this long thing about mom's crazy. Which, again, this is the argument that it's anti-Christian because this strong Christian woman everybody believes is insane. Well, yeah, that's, you know, so far all of our really religious people are kind of shitters. In fact, there is a line in there where she says, before mom drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. So he gets back on his plane. Oh, uh, other than Chloe saying, "You're, it's okay if you cheat because your mom already ran off with another man, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's not the best line. And so he goes and she's upset. And that's, here's what pisses me off. Cameron fucking comes back. Oh, you know. Like, he's like, oh, how, how did that go? It's like, you fucking stalker piece of shit. She told you goodbye and have a good day, and you hung out and watched her have this conversation with her dad? I mean, you know, it's pretty boring in the airport, and he's waiting on his flight, which apparently her dad is going to fly. Yeah, he's flying this plane from JFK to London. Bad food, worse weather, Mary fucking Poppins, London. Yep, and we're going to stop real quick for an ad. Great clouds all over the hills, bringing darkness from above. Are you a fan of disaster porn? Do you get really, really excited about natural disasters? Do hurricanes make you wet and not just from the rain? Does hearing about all the people who drowned in tsunamis make you have a tsunami of your own? Do earthquakes make you tremble with excitement? Then check out the brand new book, Acts of God, by investigative journalist Cameron Buck Williams. Don't worry, it's not about God. Acts of God is just what insurance companies call those big disasters that get us so hot, but they won't pay out for it. Check out the book that the New York Times called the sexiest piece of disaster porn ever. I had to change my panties 14 times while reading it. Who needs Viagra when you can read about the greatest building collapse in U.S. history? In Acts of God. Available at airport gift shops across the country, because that's the perfect place to read about people dying in horrible accidents. And we're back. I only put that in there because there was an ad there on Amazon. <laughs> I don't remember where the ads were on Amazon. There was at least one that felt like actually really appropriate. Ray Steele, he's getting ready to, to get on the plane, and he's still flirting with Hattie, and he tells this really dumb joke. Oh, yeah, it's it's really bad. It's like, oh, and the, the vulture brought these two dead bodies, and the stewardess said, you can only get one. Carry on. And Hattie cracks up like it's the funniest thing, and the other stewardess is like, that joke fucking sucked. <laughs> and, yeah. She goes like, that joke was garbage. Why are you laughing, Hattie? And she's like, oh, oh, whatever. And, um... But she actually finds it funny, apparently. She does. She even circles back to it later. This isn't the, like, one of those things where sometimes you pretend, like, oh, you like the guy, you think he's attractive or whatever, and you're just like, ah, ha, 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 that's so funny. And then you're like, that joke was dumb as shit. She actually legit finds that dumb joke funny. Well, he's not trying to bang her for her brains. Probably not. So then we have... This long scene with Cameron and Chloe, where she again goes on and on about how crazy mom is. 
Like, oh, my mom became a Christian. She's insane. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously got a lot pent up about this. I mean, it is the reason she hasn't been home in a while. Yeah, but she's going home. I mean, what else are you going to do when you get time off from college? Well, she wanted to see her dad for his birthday. Yeah, but he wants to go. Uh, he wants to go bang a stewardess in London. So you know. And then Cameron tells this story about, oh, well, when I saw this tsunami and like there was some woman that lost everything and was just still hanging out on top of a building like, oh, God's protected me. And she drowned and died, (laughs) you know, and it's like, yep, God, thanks for killing everyone. That all these disasters are apparently a sign of the apocalypse. And Cameron and Chloe are like, fuck that. This is just God killing people. Apparently. God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, and we get the, the scene on the plane where, where Hattie circles back, and she's, like, laughing to herself, and the other steward's like, what up? And she's like, oh, I'm just still thinking of Ray's joke. Yeah. And that's when this woman's like, you're fucking him, aren't you? And Hattie goes, not yet. Not yet, but we're going to. Yeah, that's essentially the uh, gist of that conversation. Where we're spending some time together when we get to London, to where we find out how much time, because Chloe in the airport, some dude comes up, like, hey, I got these U2 tickets for your dad when he's in London, um, and it's like two tickets to see U2. It's like, why would you want to see U2? Maybe like 40 years ago when they were good. Well, you know, they're in their 40s. Yeah, I mean, they probably listen to them and then just think they're still good after. Well, when you get old, you They had, like, two good albums in the early 80s, and then... When you get up there, you don't want a, a mosh pit kind of show, you know? Oh, yeah, I guess not. Nobody's going to be moshing to any YouTube song. Everyone just kind of sits there and golf claps for Sunday Bloody Sunday. Off uh, off topic slightly, but <laughs> I was at... Uh, I saw Bowling for Soup, and they play the... Uh, the Phineas and Ferb theme, and everyone's, like, fucking going into the pit. <laughs> Over Phineas and Ferb. Yep. Well, I mean, that is one of their songs. And, and he goes, I love that every time I do that song, the most, like, crazy pit happens. These people in the pit were probably eating, like, mac and cheese while kids. And now they're beating each other up while listening to the song. Yep. But anyway... The guy tells Chloe, yeah, it took me three months to get these for him. And that's when she realized, oh, my dad wasn't called in at the last minute. He totally planned this. He lied to me. Even though I already forgave him for cheating, the fact that he lied makes her mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, he understands the cheating because her mom's gone off the deep end. But it's not cool to lie to your daughter. And she goes out to the car all sad. She finds the wedding ring and the Hallmark Casio swells. That's right. We meet the people on the airplane, and this is where it starts to really become the Roland Emmerich movie. Oh, yeah. Because we meet all these character types. You know, we get, uh, well, we get the big gay black man that's next to Cameron, although we don't really ever really do much with him. No. We get, like, the Texas businessman on the phone talking about oil. Yep. Buy, sell, whatever capitalist stuff he's talking about. (laughs) generic capitalist guy we have the angry secretly racist midget (laughs) that guy's famous for being in pirates of the caribbean by the way yeah he was the short pirate (laughs) yep um and he's trying to put his well he is putting he's not trying he is successfully putting his stuff in the overhead compartment 
And someone's like, hey, you need help? And he just, like, fucking blows up at this dude. I, I would imagine that's not an uncommon response. You feel like you're being patronized if you're a little person. And, like, you're capable of doing it, and people are just treating you like a child. I could definitely see why that would be uh, a trigger. Yeah. Like, he's so used to other things that even when somebody's just being nice... That doesn't excuse that doesn't excuse his future racism, but it does kind of it kind of makes sense for this particular reaction. And it doesn't excuse what happens very next, where he just blows up at this little girl that happened to look at him. Well, again, it's just like he's feeling like he's being. He's got definitely, you know, a victim complex. Yeah, because he's like, "Are you going to ask me how I do this? Are you going to ask me how I drive? Are you going to ask me how I use the urinal?" What's a urinal? Yeah, and that's what the little girl says. What's a urinal? She brings up that her dad is a famous football player. Yep. But he's Dude, got... An injury he may not play. Yeah, so another person on the plane is changing their bet. Yep. Which you can on our sports app. No. Yeah. <laughs> our, our sponsor, Caesars Playbook. <laughs> DraftKings, we're not sponsored by DraftKings. We're not though, sponsored by DraftKings. But if you want to, I, I, I'm mercenary. If you, DraftKings wants to sponsor us, I'm down. But yeah, and here's the other thing with this plane. This is all first class. Yes, this part is in the first class. Section. We never see the rest of the plane. No, I, we do a little bit. Because you have the big angry, the angry mob that comes up. That's about the extent of it. Yeah, but... The entirety of the story is just these first-class passengers. The, yeah, the vast majority deals with the the rich people in the front. Um, let's see. So Chloe makes it home, and she gives her her little brother Ramy a uh, a baseball glove, and he's just over the moon about it. That's because his mom it just straight up ignores him. She does, and we finally meet mom, and Leia Thompson is putting in her best dying of cancer performance. Yeah. <laughs> She she whispers every line like this. She she shuffles around. She acts like she's made of glass and super fragile. And at first I'm like, was Leia Thompson actually dying? <laughs> was the character actually dying? <laughs> but no, was Leia, that implied? I don't think so. Leia Thompson's still alive and working. And it was like, she must have got the script, realized her character goes to heaven a third of the way through, and figured, oh, she must have had cancer. <laughs> She puts in this, like, frail, dying old woman performance. She's not the crazy woman that we've been led to believe. She does like to proselytize, proselytize, though, doesn't she? Like, she's like, I don't mean to push, but you really need to know about God. Yeah, but she's not like, go in the closet and pray to your crucifix, you slut. <laughs> like, like, oh, the, yeah, exactly. You know, and she's just... Really, really weak. She's not the crazy woman. Yeah, she's not really crazy. She is a zealot, though. I mean, Chloe goes more off the deep end than her. She feels personally attacked by her mom's constant uh, attack, uh, you know, annoying, you know, God, you need to know about this, world's ending sort of shit. I, I could definitely see that being annoying. Yeah, and, like, there's the... The line where Leia is like, oh, I'm so glad that God brought you back home. 
And she's like, God didn't do shit, you woman. She's just screaming at her. I got the ticket. I got on the plane. God didn't do anything. Just fucking blows up at her mom. And I'm like, are we sure that it's the mom that's crazy? Well, she's definitely angry. And, you know, we obviously haven't seen what's happened in the past. There may have been at some point so much of this shit, which is why she just hasn't come home. That as soon as it's brought up again, it's just like trigger. Yeah, like explode. Maybe she hasn't noticed that mom has toned it down. <laughs> yeah, and you know she's still pissed at her dad too at this point. She is. She's pissed at her dad for lying. And so she's in a not in a great mental state at the moment. Yep, and so she takes Raimi to the mall, and they have another conversation about oh mom's crazy. <laughs> You know, Remy's like, Dad says that Pastor Bruce is washing her brain. I mean, well, again, outside of the context of the movie, I would say yes. <laughs> the mall is like the, uh, when we first see it, it's like the McDonald's from Mac and Me. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a fucking breakdance competition happening. Yeah, it's breaking three is starting. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's having the, the best time of their lives in a mall in 2014. I I don't know. Is it set in 2014? I guess it is set in 2014. Well, yeah. Well, I don't think there was ever a time where it's like, yeah, let's go to the mall and break dance. I don't know. Maybe maybe in upstate New York. I I have not lived there. Yeah. I know that Bills fans are crazy and throw each other through tables for fun. So well, maybe. Well, stop for a commercial break. We'll be right back. I need you. Hi, it's me, God. I know it's rare to hear from me, but I just wanted to pop in on this podcast to make one thing clear to all of you. You can't just pray away a natural disaster. Frankly, I'm offended. You would even try to blame those hurricanes and heat waves and all kinds of disasters on me. That's all on you people. Honestly, you got yourselves into that fucking mess. You can get yourselves the fuck out. You think I'm doing these disasters as some sort of sign of the end of the end of the world, end times? Hell no. When I want to end the world, you will fucking know that the world is ending, okay? All these disasters, that's science. All that pollution and shit from your cars and manufacturing, that's what's changing the climate. Read a fucking book, people. Something besides the Bible, for once. Crack open a science textbook. Actually learn about the world I made for you. The world that you continue to fuck up. I gave you a perfect world to live in. It's not my fault you fucked it all up with CO2 emissions. So no, I will not be answering your prayers to save people from natural disasters. I really don't answer prayers in the first place anyway. If you're trapped in a tsunami or something, just get the fuck out of there. Don't assume I'm protecting you, because I most definitely am not. I would love to talk with you about many other things, like the meaning of life, for instance, which, spoiler, there is no meaning of life. You live, you die, and maybe see me at the end, or maybe you don't. But if you keep on praying to me about natural disasters or blaming that shit on me, well, you can just fuck off. We should uh, we should actually record these on cassette at some point just for fun. And then the rapture happens. Yes, that's right when it happens. And I lost my shit laughing at it. Yeah. Well, man. Yeah. She's hugging Raimi, and then there's this big flash, and she's just hugging his clothes. So, like, everybody left behind their clothes. But in the mall, all of these clothes are falling from the sky. And I'm like, how? 
We're a bunch of <laughs> we're a bunch of kids flying in the air. What the <laughs> jumping jumping off the railings? Yeah, a bunch of suicidal kids to happen to get raptured right then. People just eating clothes. <laughs> and we're going full Roland Emmerich. This car smashes into the mall because the driver got raptured. Yeah, and their passenger didn't and is totally dead. Yeah, she dead. Plane, plane crashes into the... It would cause masses, like, chaos, though, right? Like, well, yeah, think but about if it, it, like a, a huge chunk of the population just poofed. Yeah, it, it's funny because all I can think about is, like, Endgame. <laughs> Or Infinity War, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's the blip. The, it's just the blip. And that's the kind of chaos that would have resulted from that. And then the chaos with the blip was even it's, more yeah, even so more cause, when everyone came back. Right. Oh, yeah, because they come back in, like, random weird spots, like, where they were before. Like, where they just... Yeah, well, like, what happened to the people that got blipped on a plane? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably nothing good. That plane is gone, but they're still in that location. Yep. It's like they're on a plane, and then suddenly, I'm falling to the ground, what the fuck? I'd rather have been blipped. <laughs> they hung in the air, the, much the same way that bricks don't. Yeah. And um, it's just absolute panic. Everyone just starts looting the mall. Yeah, this is, this is, a, that escalated quickly. <laughs> There's a guy running away with a whole rack of jeans. <laughs> It's like, a few people have vanished. Loot everything. They're smashing windows. It's just absolute chaos. It's like maybe 1 in 10 people have been raptured. Maybe less than that, 1 in 20, 1 in 50. But it's just like, YOLO everything. Yeah, well, as we find out more, this movie's definition of who can be raptured is really, really broad. Yeah, there's no actual, like, you don't even have to be, like, a good person or anything. It's just like, I believe in God. Boom, raptured. Yeah, I I looked thoughtfully at a Bible once. <laughs> raptured. You know, and every single child is raptured. Which is, I mean, that's, the, God does one solid <laughs> Well, doesn't leave a bunch of fucking children around. I can understand, well, kids... Endure the apocalypse. Well, I can also understand that kids don't have the uh, cognitive abilities to contemplate religion and make a choice. Yeah. But what's the what's the age cutoff? What's God's, like, consent to me level? It's just 18. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it's determined. It's consent to me level. And then we're on the plane where a bunch of people got raptured off the plane. Um, including the co-pilot, so now the plane is just wildly out of control because Nicolas Cage was going to go flirt with Hattie some more. Yeah, there were there might have been some uh, uh, Mile High Club action attempted, but then the co-pilot is just not there. Yeah, the co-pilot got raptured, so he runs to to fix the plane, set it back on course, and he's trying to like get a hold of air traffic controllers. I'm like, you're telling me that every air traffic controller was Christian? We know later that's not true, but uh, I think the chaos may have caused some contact issues. Yeah, good point. And there's some mystery lady on the plane with, like, the black pantsuit and the, the sunglasses. It's like, I know what's going on. And she goes to the bathroom and snorts a fat line of coke. I mean, if there's ever an appropriate time to just... Do a line. I think it might have been then. Yeah. Once the apocalypse happens, it's like, well, what the hell? Might as well. Who fucking cares? Give me that blow. (laughs) All in. And then the Muslim guy was not raptured. 
cough, cough. Yeah, because apparently uh, believing in God but not that God is uh, not good enough. And he's like, I think we should all calm down and have a prayer. To where racist midget is like, well, who's God? Terrorist? <laughs> Yours or mine? I'm like, well, apparently neither because you, <laughs> you're and not the Muslim God is like, I don't care. Any God. Whoever, whatever God you want to pray to, just pray. Yeah. And he's just picking a fight. And people on the plane are just with their theories. And um, one says aliens did it, which is not the craziest theory we hear. No. I mean, let's be honest. Rapture is, in fact, the craziest theory we hear. <laughs> and um, there's another plane that's fi- flying without a pilot that they, they bump into. Yeah, they wings them. So now they're losing fuel, and they're like, we have to turn back to London. And we... Or to New York. To New York. Yeah, New York, yeah. rather. Like, we have... I figured they were... I figured they were halfway there. You could just complete the flight? Well, he says, we are not at the halfway point, so I'm turning Oh, back. yeah. Okay. Then he would turn back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And so he... You know, there's all this drama. Like, it's so Emmerich movie. This plane disaster movie. Because now the plane's losing fuel, they don't know what to do, and fucking Cameron decides to step up to the game, and he's hanging out in the co-pilot seat. Yeah, because apparently that's where the investigative journalist goes. And he's so super creepy still, because, like, Nicolas Cage says something about his daughter, and Cameron's like, I've been thinking about her every minute since I left. The whole time I've been on the plane, I've been thinking about your daughter. It's like, dude, not now. (laughs) Yeah. Back on Earth, (laughs) Chloe is just being absolutely ignorant, still looking for Raimi everywhere. 30,000 feet below. (laughs) Yeah, 30,000 feet below. She's wandering them all. Raimi, Raimi, while all this chaos happens. A fucking little plane crashes into the parking lot. I mean, okay, so your baby brother disappears while you're hugging him. You got his clothes. Okay, so... Weird shit's happened. You don't know what happened. But, like, pretending like he ran off, like, what? He just, like, fuck clothes. <laughs> like, oh, I gotta get naked and run back to there. What? And then she leaves the mall to go to the hospital, and she's still, like, outside the hospital. Raimi! Raimi! Like, no, your brother's gone. Figure it out now. You see all of these people that are upset that their loved ones are gone? You're one of them. You're one of the crazy people, Chloe. Yep. Apparently. You know, and she gets in the hospital, and someone's like, oh yeah, all the kids in the world are gone. Meanwhile, Nicolas Cage is trying to get to the bottom of what happened. And he realizes that his co-pilot's watch had John 316 written on it. Yep. He has Hattie go get the other stewardess's purse, since the other stewardess got raptured. Right. And starts flipping through her day planner, which it has like regular day planner shit except this one day that has big giant text bible study 10 a.m you know and apparently really into bible study really like this is her whole day it's a giant font she drew little like stars and hearts around it and so he's like oh it's the rapture twitch hat he's like you're fucking crazy i can't i mean it is a uh, that is a that is a big jump a quick jump <laughs> meanwhile the worst jump happens when this woman finds a gun on the plane. Yeah, that escalates real quick. <laughs> she just finds a gun. Apparently, like, an air marshal got raptured. Yep. And she's threatening everyone because she absolutely believes that she dozed off 
They landed the plane, stole her daughter. Her ex-husband came on and stole her daughter and paid everyone to make up this rapture story. Yeah. Obviously, that relationship was not going well. Yeah, um, apparently he left her for a good reason. Yeah. She, uh, a little bit cuckoo. If, if she believes, if she's willing to just grab a gun and threaten people and say, he paid you all off to gaslight me. Like, there's no gaslighting needed here. You literally are crazy. And yet, and yet not convinced that's still not a crazier idea than Rapture. Like, just think about the, like, put it in a real life context. It's like, that actually is more likely than God suddenly going, snapping like Thanos, <laughs> blipping half the people out. Yeah. That is still more based than Rapture. And yet that's the, I mean, we know that's the actual fact, but we need to realize these people are going nuts because the most implausible thing that could have happened is actually the thing that happened. And so Chloe keeps wandering around and she ends up at the church and talks to the pastor. At some point there's a dog waiting for an owner and all I can think of is the end of that fucking Jurassic Bark episode of Futurama, and also... Wait, the, the one where the dog waits forever for Fry? Yep. Oh, that's so sad. And all I can think of is, it's truly a sign of an uncaring god if there's no doggo rapture. That is. Like, what? Why do the dogs have to live through Armageddon? Yep. What did they do? Truly a sign of an uncaring god. But she ends up at the church, and she just starts yelling at the pastor about... Everyone got fucking raptured. The pastor's like, oh, God did it to protect them. And it's like, so God plays favorites? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> like, why Why did they deserve protection? Because they wrote Bible study in their day planner? Uh, apparently. This is one of the things that's always bugged me about, like, eschatological Christianity and rapture and all you need to do is believe in god you could be the biggest asshole rapist murderer on the planet but if like you truly believe in god you get raptured like okay i was seeing uh internet babble lately and that dahmer series is out right now uh -huh. on netflix and it's just like when zach efron played ted bundy so people happened to unironically stand ted bundy uh, people fucking nuts, man. And so now there's these fucking Zoomers unironically standing Dahmer, and they're sharing this link where he was, like, interview with a priest. He's like, yes, I accept God. And they're like, see, look, Dahmer is in heaven now. Well, I mean, according to this movie, that's probably true. Yeah. Like, like God exists. Boom. Dahmer's in heaven. Okay. Eventually, during Chloe's rant, she stops to go, wait, you're the pastor. Why are you still here? And he admits, he's like, well, I was a really shitty pastor. I didn't actually believe anything I was preaching. Like, what, were you in it for the money? They get paid less than teachers. <laughs> uh, man, now, now I, now I'm recalling something from, I think it was Moonraker. One of the actors. Did he find God? No, no. Who was it? Oh, man, now I can't remember. One of these guys, maybe it was another movie we watched. Was it uh, Star Crash? So I just remember reading about 
one of these actors. Yes, the guy who played uh, Marjo Gardner, who played um, the alien psychic Jedi guy in uh, Star Crash, was an evangel- evangelist preacher on the revival circuit, and they actually made a, a documentary about him called Marjo in 1972, where he shows all the behind the scenes on the bullshit of Pentecostal preaching and all that shit. Oh, I got to see that now. Yeah. Well, did you ever see that uh, documentary? I think it was called Jesus Saves or something. Everybody else takes damage. Um, Jesus Camp. That's what it was. Oh, Jesus Camp. Yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't seen it though. I watched it. It's it's difficult. Uh, it's like just really like honest, impartial depiction of evangelical Christians of basically kids being brainwashed. And it's yeah. There's a scene in that movie. Where all these kids are just like at lunch, and one like based kid is like, "Hey, yeah, I like the Harry Potter books," and all the other kids are like, oh, oh, "Oh, he said a forbidden phrase." They're just like, oh, "No, no, that has witches and devils and you know." And this was before J.K. Rowling turned into a transphobic piece of garbage, so we all still respected Harry Potter then. Right. So yeah. I mean, because despite her fault, she got. A ton of kids reading and into books, so there's still that. <laughs> but anyway, back to this. Chloe leaves the pastor and goes home. You know, her mom's obviously raptured. Yeah, I mean, we we assumed as much. Super frail, probably dying of cancer, super Christian. I mean, at least she seemed like a decent person. Like, some of these people were probably complete asshats. Yeah, and that's still, like, I went to a Bible study once. <laughs> that one time? Yeah, remember that one time I went to Bible study? Yeah. I mean, I purged I purged somebody later, but that one time I went to... I prayed right before the purge. <laughs> That's right, I prayed right before the purge, so <laughs> no problem. And um, so she finds her mom's Bible, and her the mom's Bible is a bookmark of just, like, their names. And so, like, mom has a people that are going to hell list. Yeah, right. Well, I, I'm assuming she's praying for them. Yeah. Such that they, they might find Jesus in time to be raptured, I guess. I don't know. But she needs a little checklist, so every night she goes, God bless Chloe, God bless Raimi, God bless Raymond. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> and it pisses Chloe off, and she throws the Bible out the window in, like, super slow motion, Hallmark Casio swells. Yep. And she decides that she's just going to end it. Yeah, I mean... Climbs up on this bridge, and she's just going to throw herself off. She thinks her dad is dead, too, by this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. We didn't bring that up. We thought, you know, he's on the plane. We thought he'd crash. Oh, because she finds, like, she does get a call that uh, the only thing that gets recorded is the part where he has that collision yeah. in midair with the plane, and she thinks that Because the voicemail is like, hey, Chloe, what's up? Oh, my God, we hit a plane. We're all going to die. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much the whole phone call. So her mom's and brother are raptured and her dad's dead. That's in her brain. The world's gone to shit. She's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even care anymore. And she, um, meanwhile on the plane, they're like trying to decide how to land. They're running out of fuel. There's no open runways because like every pilot got raptured except for Raymond, apparently. <laughs> well, it's just mass chaos. It's just like... 
Probably a bunch of the airport staff, part of the traffic control, a lot of the pilots. The planes aren't even taken off, which means there's no fucking space anywhere. Yeah, he does manage to get a hold of one air traffic controller that's like, I don't know, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, basically. So he's got no place to land this plane, and so he calls Chloe to say goodbye, just as she's about to throw herself off this bridge. And manages to finally get connection, because... You know, yeah, and there's like within within the re- region now. There's a dialogue about like, oh, the satellite phone isn't working. I'm like, what? Did God rapture the fucking satellites? That's right, God raptured the satellites. They're not manned, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Are they expecting that even with satellite phones, there's like a little old lady at a switchboard still? <laughs> reminds me of something from Disco Elysium calling the switchboard old lady yeah. I don't know if you've played Disco Elysium you should play it if you haven't I will check it out But everybody play Disco Elysium but Chloe is like I've got an idea and then she scrambles back down to the road and steals a fucking motorcycle because apparently she knows how to ride a motorcycle it reminds me of those RPG systems which I'm not critiquing I like these systems where it's just like you have a moment now to determine if you have an object you have these like special moments. It's like, oh yeah, I know how to ride a motorcycle. It's like, okay, sure. Oh yeah, like the uh, that big ass cutscene in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> uh, there's a game called Inspectors. They're they're like basically your Ghostbusters. That like, all right, you have you know you have like certain number of times you can determine like this is a point where you can determine if you have something. I don't know. It's, it's reminded me of that. I learned that um, just now that apparently Chloe's backstory, she's a student at the University of Central Arkansas. And I'm that like, is interesting choice to go to college at the University of Central Arkansas, I'm like, especially you, if you're not from Arkansas. You couldn't even make her a Razorback? What the fuck? Yeah, just go to the <laughs> University of Arkansas. <laughs> or just have her go to, like, Syracuse or something. I guess you, I guess you need her out of state. To not go home. You can still be in-state, like at Columbia or NYU, and not want to go home upstate. It's true. You know, but still, you know, apparently she's in school in Arkansas. <laughs> I, I, that, I wonder if that's somebody who wrote the story, one of the book re- authors, alma maters or something. I got my master's at University of Central Arkansas, so he will... <laughs> Exactly. She's a legacy. That's where her race deal went to school. But anyway, so she zooms around on the motorcycle, and then eventually Grand Theft Auto's a truck. We're going to get calls from the fucking dean of University of Central Arkansas. It's like, why are you talking shit? He's going to leave a voicemail about our fine history, and did you know this alumni we have? Here's a list of our illustrious alum, alumni. Kevin Sorbo guest spoke here once. <laughs> That's right. He didn't attend. He was just a guest speaker. That one time. All right. All right. <laughs> he gave a commencement speech in 1994. Has Kevin Sorbo always been a religious nut job, by the way? Because I know he's in the next fucking movie in this series. Oh yeah, I didn't even bring, I was saving that for the end, but you already read ahead, didn't you? Sorry, yeah, I read that part. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if he's always been that way. 
Uh, Alright, so anyway, so she Grand Theft Auto's a truck. Yeah, and so she finds this road that's under construction, and she's like, Hey, Dad, I found a place you can land, this this under construction road. It's empty. Which we also see, it's fucking not. <laughs> right, well. And, um, I mean, no one's shutting down anything for no one left behind, let's be honest. And so she's got to, like, get this lighter and everything to start a, a big giant flare. Excited by Cobain noises? Yeah, and she finds cigarettes, so she assumes this guy has a lighter. And she says, who has cigarettes but no matches? And I'm like, well, fucking everybody. Nobody uses matches for cigarettes you anymore. You can tell she's not a smoker. Yeah. I guess she finds the the Zippo. Like, see, that makes sense. Matches? No. (laughs) Hey, what is this, 1970? (laughs) And here's the part that bugged me, and I don't know if it's because I have an android. Uh Uh-huh. But she's trying to help guide the plane, and Cameron gets on the phone, and he's like, Open the Compass app on your phone. And I'm like... That's not a, a pre-installed app. I mean, let me see. Do I even have that? I have an iPhone. Let me see if I even have a Compass app on my fucking phone. Like a pre-installed Compass app. I, mean, I don't see one. Yeah, he acts like this is just something just installed on every phone. That it's got a compass and gives you your exact longitude and latitude to the to the foot. Oh. Apparently, my wife is showing me that this does in fact exist. Oh, really? Uh, but is it default? Well, let's see. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. There it is. Uh, allow once. <laughs> well, here I am. I am at... Oh, man, you just super doxed yourself. Yeah, I doxed myself. No one listens to this at all. <laughs> 440 feet elevation. But, okay, so that's... So maybe it's on iPhones, but it ain't on Android. I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. Oh, well, Chloe did. She opened it right away. And she's like, and it does exactly what it says in the movie. Apparently, does it look the same? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, this looked like brown parchment in the movie. Mine doesn't look like that. Mine looks like mine's black, just like a black compass with the degrees on. It is literally like a compass. But so the plane starts to land. That's pretty cool. We get all the explosions. And that's literally my note. All the explosions. <laughs> yes. Excited Michael Bay noises. Also, heroes don't look back at explosions. Yeah, they just... Just drive, driving away while it explodes. And so he, he safely itch lands the plane. We go full Star Tours. Oh, we do. It is like that Star Tours. Brakes! Yeah, there's no brakes. You're like, oh, as they're going down, like... We lost the landing gear! And they're about to crash right into the thing, and it stops just right before the explosive thing, just like in Star Tours. Like yeah, the there's like guy. a big giant-ass propane tank. Yeah, and it's exactly, like, you've ever been on the original Star Tours, right, at Disneyland, before they changed it to be the updated modern one. Well, I it's never exactly... went on the updated modern one. Well, I'm talking for our three listeners who <laughs> may, may have heard this one time. But yeah, and they all deboard the plane, and they're like, "Oh, good, it's over." And then Chloe and Ray are like, "No, this is just the beginning." <laughs> That's right. So, real quick, so one last commercial break.
Hello, Nick Cage here. When I was screwed by Dirt Birdie Madoff, bought a ton of houses that got hit in a market crash, and spent 33 million on random stuff, and starred in the American Wicker Man, and bought a dinosaur skull, and got hit by the IRS, I wanted to let everyone know that there is hope. If you are like me, you can start getting your finances together by working with your banks, making new money plans on your loans, and sleepwalking through many $2 scripts that go straight to Redbox because you still have some pull in China. And producers can place Oscar winner on the click icon. Soon, you know, you'll have the chance to sleepwalk in Christian propaganda directed by Harrison Ford's stunt double after you sell your prized copy of Action Comics number one. But then, once you become an indie horror darling, then, only then, will you be okay. This is Nicholas Cage saying, if I can get out of debt, you can too. So that's pretty much left behind. There's credits that I didn't bother to sit through. Yeah, uh, Nick Cage is like, oh, I should have believed. And like, well, what would that have done? These all these people on the plane are alive because of you. If you had gotten raptured, all these fuckers would be dead. Yeah, so it's kind of good to you that you were a fucking apostate pagan. <laughs> yeah. So this was a movie. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna jump into the sequel. <laughs> Oh, okay, we can do that before we talk about the my opinion on this movie. Yeah, well, in November 2021, they announced a sequel, Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist, with Kevin Sorbo directing and replacing Nicolas Cage. Sounds like they're skipping a few. I don't... There's like 16 of these fucking things. Yeah, but then the Antichrist shows up at the end of the first book. He gets his own book, like, three or four into him. You know, and you know what? There's an entire spinoff series called Left Behind Kids. Yeah. There's also a video game. Oh, I'm sold. There's a video game? Left Behind Eternal Forces from 2006. It's a Windows game. It's a PC game. Oh, man. That sounds like a PSP title. <laughs> uh, it does. Well, yeah. Rise of the Antichrist is the third published book. Yeah. Well, I did read the second book back then. Which, nothing absolutely happened in that book, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Because it's literally, that entire book is the main character sitting around and having Bible study every week. Yeah, Tribulation Force, the continuing drama of those. Yeah, they just have Bible study every week. It's fucking boring. <laughs> and then the third one, Nicolay, Rise of the Antichrist. It's interesting, because, like, chronological order, the left behind is the fourth one. They got to 15... And then they did the first, like, they did three prequels. Yeah, and then... Before, finish, before finishing the series. Like, I feel like the author's like, I don't know how to fucking finish this. Uh, backstory of three books. And then side side franchises, like Left Behind Kids and shit. Which, according to this movie, there are no Left Behind Kids, but... This is, li by the way, this is literally what George R. R. Martin is doing right now. Oh, it is. He's doing everything except finishing his saga. He is working absolutely his best to avoid act finishing the book. Which he's probably rewriting because everyone hated the ending of the TV show. Yeah. And he's probably just kind of like, 
Well, they already know how it ends. What's the fucking point? Do they like my prose? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so Left Behind is definitely, like you said, it's a it's a thing. It existed. This is a movie that exists. It is by far not the worst movie we've watched. No, um, I got a kick out of it trying so hard to be an Emmerich film. Yeah, it's just it's it's what would happen if the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime decided they wanted to do a Roland Emmerich movie. I mean, this movie does have the unraptured soul of Roland Emmerich. That's that's right. <laughs> I'm surprised, in fact, I'm surprised this movie doesn't star in Candace Cameron. <laughs> Speaking of Kurt Cameron, this is his sister, who's in the, all the Hallmark movies. Not all of them, but like half of them. Yeah, and this was during Nicolas Cage's down years. Well, he had to pay off his massive amount of tax debt. It did. Well, he was still doing big Hollywood movies, some, some of them good. And they're doing these weird-ass things like left behind because i mean this was right after kick-ass i mean to be fair nicholas cage has never been particularly discerning about what roles he takes he just picks whatever he thinks would be fun to do yeah um he's done some great movies lately and you know we definitely will be visiting nicholas cage some more well yeah um he's actually i re i wrote him into the schedule i i redid the schedule Recently. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Nick Cage is great. Yep. So, uh, I... put the bunny back in the box. Um, so, my problem with this movie, it's not terrible. It's whatever. I, the issue with the movie is it doesn't really know what it wants to, what it's trying to say. If anything. I mean, it's, a, is it anti extreme Christianity, pro-extremist Christianity, like, it starts off feeling like they're they're critiquing it, and by the end, Nick Cage is like, I should have listened to all of these crazy people, and it's like, well, we have mixed messages now. Yeah, and, well, the entire idea of the rapture and eschatology has so many things that I don't like. Yeah, that was my, uh, we had a class that was in college as a, as a senior, and um, it was like our thesis class. We it's it was weird because we we wrote our thesis on basically whatever topic we felt like writing it about. But the class itself was a study of eschatology, and we were reading like transcripts from Branch Davidian raid and various other things like that. And people are nutty, man. Oh, my transcript class was on um, not transcript. My uh, thesis class was on epic literature. That's because I'm a I'm a historian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a lot of history in epic literature. That's true. I had to go and learn all about the, the Crusades. <laughs> yeah, I read a lot of Crusades, uh, like uh, accounts and stuff. I mean, epic literature. When you got to the Middle Ages, it was just Crusades propaganda. It's true. It's interesting to read read the people writing it and just going like did they actually believe this or is this all like bullshit and it's it's hard to tell <laughs> because at least translated into english it sort of sounds like they actually believe this shit maybe they did i mean based on you know the people who gobbled up left behind all those books it's quite possible they believed like fervently believed this stuff yeah um 
many eons from now, aliens, when they come and get that kid from the Blue Fairy. That's right. They'll happen upon our writings and go, what, did this Bible thing? People bought this shit? A god? What? <laughs> what is what is God? <laughs> you know, fuck it. I guess we give this little android a day as a human. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Left Behind was a thing. Um, it's really hard to do Christ exploitation, so it'll be a while before we 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 dip our toe back into this this subgenre. Yeah, it's like I don't like the I'm not gonna shit on anybody's beliefs. Like nobody knows what's going on, but like there is a, a line between I personally believe this and this is what everybody should believe, and that's that's always the line I hate I hate crossing. And given recent things, it's really hard to not get currently political about it, which we have avoided, and which we is going to continue to avoid. Yeah, we try <laughs> to avoid that. And I've always like felt that it's religion is something that should be a personal thing because, yeah. like I said, nobody knows. Like, and we're unlikely to ever know anything for because that's kind of the nature of faith, right? Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be faith, it'd be fact. I mean, unless gods start walking the earth, like in you know, D&D settings, where like, hey, they exist because they're literally down here smiting people. See, I'm more... At that point, at that point then okay, yeah, maybe, maybe we change, but... See, I'm more into the way that some philosophers have fit religion into, um... Oh god, what is it? Existentialism. Yeah. Because existentialism is like, you do not exist for a reason. If you need a reason to exist, you have to make it yourself. And some people have chosen religion as their reason to exist. And you know what? More power to them. That what gets you up in the morning. That what keeps you as a good yeah. person that's motivated to see every day. More power to I you. Actually, I agree I agree with that. It's like a lot of people who are you know, drug addicts or whatever or porn again. I'm like, dude, if that's what you need to be happy and healthy and stay clean and keep living fucking awesome do it i you know power to you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take that from you just don't try to you know enforce your religious beliefs and make them secular beliefs that's i think that's where you know it's why i had to give up alcohol on my own because i tried aa and they're like you have to believe in a higher power and i'm like nope (laughs) yep not gonna do it (laughs) Wouldn't be prudent. I'll figure this out on my own. I'll, I'll get a, a therapist and we'll we'll do this together then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is kind of the AA thing, right? Like you need to replace. It's almost like a a, a replacement for the addiction, right? Uh, yeah, it is. It's literally replacing alcohol with God, and I'm like, I I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> And, but I mean, if people, if whoever, if they, yeah, again, if you need it, then cool. Hey, it works for some. Yep. I mean, that's that's cool for them. I, you know, I don't want to take that from them because it can be hard. And uh, yeah, so. And AA, I just don't, I just don't like, you. I just don't like religion getting in the way of you know everybody's daily life because it is a personal thing. It is something that should be independently believed. Yep. But so that was left behind. Um, that is the ads, not our outro. <laughs> I was just about to read. Are you a fan of disaster porn? 
<laughs> you will love Left Behind. That's right. Just, we're doing a live read of the ads today, I see. <laughs> that, so that was Left Behind. Hope you enjoyed it. Big special thanks to Charlie McMullen, William Wright, and Martha Page for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastExploit, or on Instagram, at ExploitatPodcast. Or contact us at ExploitatPodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we look at some woman in prison. Yeah, that's a, that's a pivot. Yeah, we're doing a woman in prison, Pam Greer double feature with women in cages and the big dollhouse. High quality, uh, very wholesome entertainment. Yep, and we will see you then. Good night. When the nights are over and they done what they've done, they're the people that are going to hell. They're the people that are going to hell.